Thank you, Master. If you brought your Bibles this evening, turn to Proverbs, please. The third chapter. Proverbs 3 and the fifth verse. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Say that out loud. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Say it again a couple of times together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do what? Trust who? Trust in the Lord. He's real. The Bible said those that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's real. And we're told to trust him, not just partially, but with all of our heart. Trust him with all, completely. No reservations. No, I trust you, but. Uh Uh-uh. I trust you if. I trust you when. No, no. That's not with all your heart. All your heart means I trust you, period. (laughs) All the time, no matter what, no matter when, I trust you with all my heart. Can you say glory to God? Now I know this is something that a lot of people know. A lot of people could quote this verse. But it is so big. It, so many times even Christians are missing it in this area. And the enemy is very subtle in the way he comes about to tempt and to try. And what happens so many times is people are failing to trust God. And they don't realize it. They've fallen into some the next part. What does it say? Trust the Lord with all your heart. And what? Hmm? This is the thing that will take you away from trusting God with all your heart. Leaning to your own understanding. Trust the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Now you got an understanding. I've got an understanding. The Lord gave it to us. It's a blessing. It's a gift. We're supposed to use it. Not even one amen. (laughs) You know, Philippians talks about, you know, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That'd be a message for a lot of people. Think. (laughs) Think. (laughs) And if you think, You could have some understanding. And Proverbs talks about seeking wisdom and and getting wisdom. And he said, with all you're getting, get some understanding. You need some. And uh, some people go, uh, you know, across the middle of the road and get in the ditch and and think, well, you know, Lord, just take my mind away. And I just don't want to think anymore and just think through me. Well, that, you know, that's a nice thought. But it's not reality. You know, take me over and make me think right. He's not going to do that. 
that's what demons want to do. Demons want to control your mind and thinking, which is why, have you noticed, so many of the false religions involve forms of meditation where you just empty your mind and don't think and become one with the great cosmic nothingness. That is you taking your hand off the wheel of your mind so somebody else can drive. The Lord never told you not to think. (laughs) And that he's going to take over your mind. He told you to set your mind on him. And set your affection on things above. And think on these things. On purpose, put your mind on his thing. And as we do, he will keep us in perfect peace. He will give us understanding. But we're not to be led by our understanding. We're to use our minds. We're to think. It's okay to analyze some things. It's okay to seek to understand more. But that's not what you make your decisions upon. No, no. This is what many have not learned. We're not to be understanding led. We are to be spirit led. Hmm? You use your mind as a head of a ministry in a church. Uh, We make decisions all the time. And they're asking me all the time, what do we do with this? Do we get this one? Do we get that one? When do we do this? When do we do that? And the figures have gotten larger. And so I believe in doing research and finding out what you can. And I got people that help me. And especially in the information age, you can find out a lot of stuff quick on the Internet and calling other people and tech lines and helplines, this kind of thing. And I'll find out what I can find out. But while they're giving me their reports, I'm listening, but I'm not just listening to them. I'm checking in here. Are you with me? And if I make decisions based on which one is uh, the cheapest, then I'm not being led by the Spirit. I'm being led by price. If I make decisions based on which one has the most features... I'm not being led by the Spirit. I'm being led by the features. Are y'all with me, friends? And you wind up being led by your own understanding. And if you do that, you're going to make mistakes. You might be okay part of the time, but you're going to miss it part of the time. And it's hodgepodge and hit and miss. And the Lord has not called us to such a life. He has given us the great helper. The great comforter, the great Holy Spirit. And He always knows. And He's always right. And I don't know the times. I guess hundreds or thousands of times in the past few decades in the ministry that the Lord has let Phyllis and I are learning more about this all the time. But we'll hear what the experts say and we'll hear what the accountant says. We'll hear this and what both of us have in our heart. We don't care. We feel led to do this. And we do it and we found out later that was the perfect thing. But the expert was wrong. And the accountant didn't know and the expert didn't know. And who knew the future that this was going to come out and happen in three weeks? 
The only way to get it right every time is to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and not lean to your own understanding. Come on, read the next verse. Read the next verse. What does it say? In how many? In the spiritual stuff. The church stuff. No. In what? I don't care if you're talking about building a new church building or building a doghouse out in your backyard. Are you with me, friends? In every one of your ways, in all of your ways, do what? Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. Include Him. Inquire of Him. Involve Him. I don't care if you're building a multi-million dollar church building or a hundred dollar doghouse. Say, Lord, where's the best place to put this doghouse? Huh? And what's the best way to build this so Fido stays dry? Huh? And can get warm in the wintertime. The Holy Ghost knows. He knows everything there is to know about doghouses. You never met anybody that knows more about doghouses than the Holy Ghost. Somebody says, oh, I don't know about it. God care about a doghouse. He cares about what you care about. A lot of this stuff is trivial and insignificant on a universal uh, plane. But any parents in here? Huh? Any of you ever spent time with a plastic doll? Oh, yeah. It wasn't worth 15 cents? Or some other, you know, thing, some little wagon or something? Why? Because your kid cared about it. And wanted the head put back on that 15 cent plastic piece. Huh? Or the wheel put back on that rusty thing that should have been thrown away. They cared about it. So you spent half a day with the goofy thing. Are y'all with me? Why? Because you love your child. And if it matters to them, it matters to you. And that's the way our father is. He will get involved in all kind of things that really have no significance in the big scope of things. But because it's touching us and affecting us, he cares. And he can get involved. And he's big enough to do that. Now, this is one of the amazing things about him. Not just how big he is, but how small he is simultaneously. He's as tiny as he is huge. What do you mean? Well, what about microscopic things? We're just in recent times learning about atoms and learning about particles. And we found that every time we have advances in equipment, we found out there's something smaller than we knew that was there. The pieces just get small. He's as tiny as he is huge. And he's able to handle and deal with all the biggest thing and the tiniest thing simultaneously. Because he is so vast. What, you know, we, we're looking at the Rockies as we flew in the other day. And 
and the majesty of them. And recently we were flying over the Gulf of Mexico, or, or maybe we're out looking out over the Pacific, or you know, this. And just, you know, what kind of being can make this? And this is one of many planets. What kind of being can make a star? Your father. Are you with me? And he's not only conscious and keeping the planets in orbit and the stars burning, but the master said he knows that when a sparrow falls to the ground, he's as tiny as he is huge. And when we talk about acknowledging him, I've had people tell me before when I said, well, pray about it. You know, ask the Lord. They said, oh, I don't want to bother the Lord with that. And that is a, a recurrent mentality among many, even if they don't vocalize it. They'll think, well, you know, God don't care about me working on this transmission today or me fixing this fence or, or you know, you know, he's got a universe to run. And some people envision that God is the heavenly operator sitting at the switchboard with the headphones on and the cables and jacks and the lights are lighting up and he's answering calls and, and he's answering the king's call and the widow's call and soldier in the foxhole and, and you know, you don't need to be adding your little thing. Because, I mean, all the lights are blinking. Can you imagine worldwide the prayer calls coming in? And we even see a couple of beads of sweat on the Almighty's forehead as He's answering all the... mm -mm, No. There is... I know we sing sometimes, call Him up, call Him up, tell Him what you want. But there is no heavenly switchboard. God wouldn't even have a computer. A computer to Him would be like an ox cart. What use would he have for such an archaic primitive device? <laughs> I know we think we're so advanced. And thank God for it. It beats a stone tablet. Huh? We have made advances, but I assure you, the Almighty is so far out beyond that. He is not old. And there's no sweat on his brow. The Almighty is sitting on the throne. Glory to God. And He is conscious of all of it. And all things are upheld by the word of His power. And He can answer the king's prayer, the widow's prayer, the soldier's prayer, and help you find a parking place downtown at the same time with no problem. You have not because you ask, not because you don't know how big He is, and because you're not acknowledging Him in A-L-L. All your ways. Man, you want to get up in the morning and start acknowledging him. He knows the very best way for you to comb your hair. Huh? He can help you with a so-called bad hair day. He, can, he knows the solution. He really does. You know, we waste so much, have wasted so much time. In doing some of these repetitive things the wrong way. Because people have thought, well, I can take care of that. And so they do. The wrong way. For 40 years. And waste all kind of time. (laughs) But the Lord knows 
what is the best way for you to do a thing? And what's the best way for you to, to function in your life if you'll acknowledge Him? Somebody say acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge, him. acknowledge him. Yes. Just in the little things and in the big things. All things in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. Read it out loud. What will happen? And he, this is the word of the Lord. Yeah. It's a commitment from Him to us that if we will acknowledge Him in all our ways, He, every time we acknowledge Him and ask for His help, He gets involved. Every time. He directs us. He helps us. He directs us. He helps us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Go with me, if you would, to the book of uh, Mark. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your, your own understanding. I want to say something. We're going to come back to it. But it's a very significant statement. You don't have to understand in order to trust. I want to say it again. This is a very significant statement. You don't have to understand to trust. Have you ever heard people say, well, if I could just understand what's going on. You don't have to understand to trust. Hmm? Trust is a big part of faith. Trust is a faith word. Faith involves trust. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? You don't have to see. You don't have to understand to have faith. And this is where many are stumbling because they've gotten all in turmoil because they don't understand. And They don't need to understand to come out. They need to trust. But the enemy has convinced them they need to understand before they can come out. If I could just understand what's happening to me, then maybe I could get straightened out. No, you can trust God and get free without understanding. If I could just figure out what's wrong with me, if I could just understand what's happening in my body, And so people chase it and chase it and chase it. Did you know you can be healed without ever knowing what was wrong with you? (laughs) Did you know it? If I could just figure out how to make more money. No. You can get more money without ever knowing how to get it. (laughs) This is worth you coming to church tonight, right? Right here. Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, my father in the faith, he said, there's a little boy. He could not figure out, he tried to, how a brown cow could eat green grass and give white milk and churn it and make yellow butter. He, could, he said he tried. He tried. His little child mind tried and tried to figure that out. But all the while he's trying to figure it out. He's a drink in the milk. Amen. <laughs> See, some people think you have to understand it before you can enjoy it. Uh, 
And that's a big mistake. I said, that's a big mistake. That is relying and leaning on your own understanding as the key to your victory, to your provision, to your protection. If I could just understand what's going on in my wife's head. (laughs) Then we could get this thing. If I could just understand what is wrong with him. We could get this thing. And you'll see people go like that for years. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Because they think they have to understand how their mind works before they can live properly with them. It's quiet in here. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying you can't have some more understanding of them. You can. And some of it can be good. But you don't have to wait till you fully understand them to have a good life with them and enjoy life with them. If you will learn how to trust the Lord with all your heart and not lean to your own understanding and acknowledge Him in every part of your relationship in life, He will get involved with your business. And He will direct how you think and what you say and things will immediately begin to get better. And oftentimes they'll be tremendously better and you won't really know how. They got better and so you just have to give him the glory and go, God, I don't don't even know how you did this, but thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. You can get with faith and trust in a day, in a short amount of time, in a week, in a month, what you can't figure out in a lifetime. Do you believe it, my friends? So which way do you choose to go? People say, well, I'm just analytical like that, and I'm, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I'm being. I have to analyze things, and I have to understand things. Well, it's okay to want to learn and grow and understand, but if you have to understand before you believe, it is not going to go well with you. Because you're telling the Lord you're not going to operate the way he has told you to operate. And a lot of this is pride and refusing to walk by faith. Well, you've got to explain it to me. I've got to understand it before I do this or that. You're saying, when I see, I will believe. And you even hear a lot of people that should know better talking about, well, seeing is believing. That is absolutely contradictory to the Scriptures. The Scripture said, unless I had believed to see, you've got to believe and then you see. Before you understand. Do you understand exactly How Jesus bearing those stripes healed you? Do you understand exactly what happened to him those three uh, days and nights in the heart of the earth? Do you understand exactly how God raised him from the dead after being cold and dead in that tomb for those days? Do you understand? But can you believe that? Do you understand how he's working on your place and preparing a place for you in heaven. You've never been there. You haven't seen it. How are they doing it? What's going on? Huh? See, there's so many people. You hear the voices through the media today that scoff and mock people like you and me. 
And they say, well, you know, that's ridiculous. You believe that there's a, a heaven somewhere and God on the throne in control and, and doing all this stuff. And, and Jesus, you know, and he's raised from the dead. And, and what kind of proof do you have? And, and people want to, you know, they want to challenge and they want to act like that you and I are just poor simpletons who need the crutch of religion because we're so weak-minded. <laughs> but I want you to know it ain't so. It's the strong who choose to believe. And it's the weak and proud who hold their own understanding superior to the Word of God. You're going to tell the Almighty, because I can't understand this, it's not so? The, Almighty, the one who made you, who gives you your next heartbeat, who gave you a brain. And the, He created the brain. And gave you a mind. And you're going to tell him, well, if you can't explain it to me, to my satisfaction, I just can't accept it. No way. <laughs> if you do, you're a fool. I'm sorry, but that's a fact. This is not just something I came up with. The psalmist said, the fool says there is no God. You're a fool. If you don't know any better than that. And I know that there's people, they scoff and mock, and they will scoff and mock. But uh, soon and very soon, everybody's going to know. And all the conjecture and debate's going to be done and gone. Because he's coming back. I said he's coming back with the sound of the trumpet and the mighty host of heaven. Hallelujah. He's going to shake this place. And you and I are coming up and coming out. And you're not going to have to hear this junk about, is there really a God? <laughs> Nobody be asking that question anymore. <laughs> Everybody will know it eventually. The smart ones believe it now with no physical proof that they could verify. They believe it by faith. It's a choice. And this is part of what makes us his select ones. The ones, the ecclesia, the ones he has selected and called out from the whole earth. It's what qualifies us. Thank you, Lord. Did you find uh, Mark, the seventh chapter? Sit out loud as you turn there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do you believe that passage of Scripture? Do you believe those words? You believe if you do what he said do in that, that he will do what he said he would do, that you can count on it. Mark 7, Mark 7, verse 6. Jesus answered and said to them, Well has Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. 
For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. And he said to them, full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. Now, do you think that these people felt that that's what they were doing before he said that to them? No. I want you to notice back in the sixth verse, um, excuse me, verse 7, the first phrase, he said, in vain do they worship me. They're worshiping God, but it's in vain. In vain means to no purpose. To no result, for no reason, for no profit, no benefit. People are worshiping God in vain. That's not a comforting thought, is it? We're not talking about people worshiping false gods. We're talking about people worshiping the one true God. In vain. Why? Because... They have received to hold the teachings of men instead of the Word of God. But they think these teachings of men is the Word of God and will defend it and fight for it. This is something you and I need to ask the Lord to teach us. We ought not assume because we've learned a few things about faith or healing or being filled with the Spirit, that it's impossible for us to have some traditions. That's true. I know when I first uh, went to Bible school, Raymond Bible Training Center, and, and I was there for just a couple of months, and the Lord spoke to my heart and challenged me. He said to me, He said, examine everything you believe. And find it in the scripture. Challenge it. Everything that you come across, you realize, I believe this. Then ask yourself the question, where is it in the word? And don't stop till you find it. Or determine it's not there. And so uh, I realize this is something that I must do. And so I'm being taught in the classes, and we're getting a lot of input. And as I was, things had come up from my past. And, and I spent time in the Pentecostal church and time in the Baptist church and, and had different relatives. I had an uncle who's a preacher, and my grandmother was a godly woman, secretary, treasurer of a church, and, and had some input. But every time something would come up and I'd realize this is something you believe, the Lord would remind me, this is something you believe, where is it? And I, so I'd go to the scripture, I'd get my concordance, and I'd go to find it. And some things I was just sure, oh yeah, this is the word. And I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and I couldn't find it. Well, if it's not in the word, what is it? It's a teaching of men. And the problem is people think sometimes because they heard it preached from the pulpit right, right. it must be the Word of God. Right. And ministers should be diligent to discipline themselves and not share their opinions and feelings 
And Paul said, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. But you know, we're all human. And we can make mistakes. And the less word that you have in you, that's the less word that's going to come out of you. And you may not see it because it's the best you know. But I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but a whole lot of people and whole groups and denominations, they preach all kind of things with no verses. Hmm? I had a lady come up to me after a service one time, just irate, and she said, well, I just don't agree with that. And I said, well, well, what? And she quoted part of a scripture that I had quoted. And I thought, wow, you don't agree with that? I said, why? She said, well, it's because the song says. I said, what? She said, the song. And she quoted to me an unscriptural verse of a song from a hymnal. And I quoted to her a scripture. And she's correcting me with a song. (laughs) This is not an isolated instance. This is all over the place. See, she, this is a perfect picture. She is setting aside this scripture she has heard and holding to something somebody taught that wound up in a song, something that somebody believed. And this is dangerous. I said, this is dangerous. This is building your house on the sand. And the problem is, as long as the weather's good, You don't notice that your house is on the sand. And you may go for months and years and everything just seems just fine. And we sing the same unbelieving song every Sunday and preach the same unbelieving messages. But when the storm hits, when the storm hits, only the Word will stand. Only the Word. But if it is the word, I don't care how hard the wind blows and how high the water gets. When it's all done, you'll be standing there. Glory to God, because the word cannot fail. It is the solid rock. It is him. He is the word. Can you say glory to God? But he said, they're worshiping me in vain. In vain. Because they're believing things that people have taught that are contradictory to the Word, but they set the Word aside. And, of course, this works best with people that are ignorant of the Word. Right. Hmm? That never spend any time in the Word. Because then people will preach something about their feelings and their experience and, and their reasoning. Now, you may think of digress, but think about the, the Scripture. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. And don't do what? Don't lean to your own understanding. It is God's will for everybody to be saved, born again. True? Is everybody born again? No. But is it God's will for everybody to be born again? It is. So you can't prove the will of God by people's experience or lack of experience. You can't say that these folks that are not born again are waiting on God or that it's not His will. But people have taken this position 
in the areas of healing, in the areas of being filled with the Spirit, in the areas of prosperity and your needs being met. Because, you know, somebody somewhere in the beginning days of the church, you read that just like with Jesus, people got healed right and left. Miracles were happening. Amazing things were happening. But then somewhere, somebody prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. And instead of trusting in the Lord with all of their heart, they leaned to their own understanding and came up with a new doctrine. That God was teaching them something. Or that it wasn't his timing. Hmm? Or any number, you've heard them, any number of explanations that set aside the word which says by his stripes. You were healed. And he forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. And somebody died young. And instead of saying with the word, they had a revelation that God needed another angel in the choir. Did you hear me? Masses of people believe this and will cry over it and go, yeah, God needed another angel in the choir. So he took my 14-year-old baby. Millions of people believe these kind of things and will fight you or get mad and upset with you if you suggest anything different. But where is that in the scripture? Where is it? It's not there because it's not true. Because it's not right. And the enemy will try to pull you and hold you in the realm of understanding. And try to get you to think you're smart enough to match wits with him. Because the Bible says he is subtle. He is crafty. He is slick. He's tricky. And you try to match wits with him, he will tie you up in mental knots. (laughs) And have you wondering what your name is? (laughs) Hmm? If he can hold you in the understanding and reasoning realm, he will defeat you. He will confuse you. He will complicate it. Think about out at the tree, Adam and Eve. It was very simple. God said, don't eat of the tree. If you do, you will die. Don't do it. They weren't confused. When the serpent asked Eve, she quoted it to him, rattled it right off. She's not confused. But then he complicates it. No, no, it's not that simple. See, You won't really die. After all, what does it mean to die? (laughs) They've never died. I don't know what dying is. But he's telling them, no, you won't die. But see, the thing is, God knows that if you take this, you yourself will be like God's and you'll have knowledge like him and so she, the Bible said she was deceived so she stands there and hears all that and goes wow 
This is more complicated than we thought. (laughs) But it was not more complicated than they thought. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. He he said he's concerned lest their minds be removed, corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. It's simple. It's simple. Your sins have been washed away. By his stripes you're healed. He supplies all your needs. Don't let the enemy come in and go, yeah, but. And yeah, if you got this. And yeah, but what about so and so? You knew them and they're good people. And look what happened to them. And yeah, but you don't know this. And yeah, but how come this? And and yeah, but this. And and yeah, but that. And and what about this? And, And what about that? And next thing you know, you'll be sitting in your chair going, hmm. Hmm. And you are not trusting in the Lord with all of your heart. You are leaning to your own understanding. And it's getting more and more complicated and more and more complex. And it's hard to figure out. This is hard. This is a hard thing. Is it so hard? You know, people look at challenges of things to they look at prices and think about how big they are man have you seen how high everything is oh did you look at the sticker on that car how much more houses how high have you seen how high everything and gas do you see how high gas is how high everything is so high is so high is so is it so high or faith so small which which one is it it's simple I trust God. Whatever he said is right. No ifs, ands, and buts. If he said don't eat of the tree, don't eat of the tree. If he said you'll die, you'll die. Simple. Period. Keep it simple. If he said with long life he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation, then that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, but you got this and you got that. Uh, when you got a word of God, it, it puts an anchor in your soul. And I like what Paul, he's uh, in the shipwreck, you know, and he winds up on the island and he gets snake bit and, and all this stuff. But the angel told him, fear not, Paul, right. you must be brought before Caesar. Yeah. So even before that creaky ship goes down, he knows I can't drown out here. Why? Because I got an appointment in Rome. I cannot drown out here. And even when he gets on the island and poop, venomous viper gets him, he goes, I can't die out here for snake bite. I cannot die out here because I got an appointment at Rome. And friend, when you get like that, you get strong in your heart. And no matter what comes against you, you know, I cannot perish like this because with long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. I have not run my race. I've not finished my course. So I cannot die with this stupid disease. I can't perish in this dumb car wreck. I cannot. I cannot. And if you believe that strong enough and just keep it just that simple, you will live. You will prevail. Miracles will happen. You will come out. Can you say glory to God? Glory to God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't make it complicated. 
Don't lean to your own understanding. Go to the book of Job, please. Now, if there were ever some guys that exercised their reasoning and understanding, it was Job and his friends. If there were ever some guys that talked something out and talked it up and down and sideways, what is it, 38 chapters? It's 42 total, but that's the bulk of it is them talking about this deal and how come this and how come that and this must be and that should be and that could be and this ought to be and this must be and we think and we feel and hmm? And I know in endeavoring to understand that book, I was challenged by it in my youth and uh, still don't claim to understand all of it, but just had no understanding of it. And uh, I came to the conclusion after reading it some that the question is why? Why did these bad things happen to this good man? And of course, I mean, that's in people's mind. People have written books about it and all kind of philosophies have developed out of the same kind. Why do bad things happen to good people? And uh, so I thought, well, the question that this whole book is dealing with is why? Why did this happen? Because Job starts off, what is it, in chapter 3 or so? Why? Why was I born? Why couldn't I just have died at birth and not have to? Why? Why? And he goes on for some length about why. And his friends, his three friends, sit there and listen for days. Until finally, they just can't be quiet any longer. They got to answer him. Why? And so they begin to try to tell him why, and they really get into it. And I mean, they search the, the edge of understanding of the cosmos to explain to him why these things happen and then they get more and more involved in it and then they get to speculating and they go well you must have done this and you had to have done this and he said I did not and they said yeah you had to and he said no I have not I did good things I didn't do any of that kind of stuff and they go you had to have because this is what happened to these kind of people and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth Job gets, he's in pain, he's lost his kids, he's lost, I mean his wife says, why don't you just curse God and die? You are pitiful. Now boy, you must be in a bad way when your wife goes, you know, just die. (laughs) Would you please, just. (laughs) He's got big sores. All over his body. He's sitting in an ash heap scraping himself with a piece of pottery. And he's hurting his bad or worse on the inside. He lost all his kids. All his wealth. He's a multi-billionaire. Now he's broke totally. You talk about from the top to the bottom in just a few days. And he begins to call out and say, God. Why? 
Why? God, I wish God had talked to me. You got to remember, this is before Jesus came to the cross. This is before one could be born again. This is before you could pray in the name of Jesus. This is before all of that. But he has faith in God. And he says, God, I wish God would talk to me. I wish he would. Because I would tell him, this is not right. (laughs) This is not right. I would tell him, there's been a mistake made. Because I'm a good man. And he was a good man. God himself, at the beginning of this thing, called him a perfect and upright, didn't he? He's a good man. And he's saying, I wish God had given me an appointment. I wish he would. I would come to him and I would talk to him. And then he said, oh, I don't know. Probably in front of the Almighty, I couldn't even know what to say. But I'd try. And I'd tell him, but this ain't right. And this is a Keith Moore paraphrase. You understand? <laughs> we're talking about 42 chapters. And we know we're not going to read them all tonight now, are we? <laughs> this is not right. God, this is not right. Where are you? And what's the deal? These wicked people over there, they're happy as clams. They're healthy. Everything's going good with them. And here I'm trying to do right. And look at me. Not right. Not right. It's not right. It's not right. I wish God would talk to me. But I don't think he ever expected the Almighty to actually show up in a whirlwind and go, Who is this? Spouting with no knowledge. You want to talk to me? Here I am. What do you want to say to me? Job went, uh, 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 I don't know. I said something and I opened my mouth again, but I'm just going to put my hand right here. I don't know what to say. And God said, well, okay, I'm going to ask you some questions. Gird up your loins and listen to me. Answer my questions. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Where did the oceans come from? What is the earth hanging on? He went on. What causes the animals to function like they do? What causes the rivers and oceans to flow like they do? What causes this? How does this work? Where did this begin? Where does this start? Where does it come from? Where does it go? How does it work? Where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did that? Do you understand? And to every question, Joe would have to go, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, I was not there. No, I don't know. No, no, that's a long time before I was born. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a clue. No, no, I don't know. 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 I don't have a clue. No, not the foggiest. Sorry. No, no, I, I don't know. And this is the thing. I said all that to say this. You would think, after whatever these 30-some chapters of all this wrangling back and forth about why, 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 that God would show up and tell them why. Mm. (laughs) But he didn't. No, that's right. He said a lot of things, but he did not address specifically why this had happened to him. 
He could have. But he didn't. And for years I didn't understand that. Because I had written up at the top of the book of Job, why? Big letters, W-H-Y, question mark, why? The search for why? And I thought, well, now, why didn't the Lord tell him? Does the Lord know? Certainly he knows all the details of it. Could he have explained things? Yes. Why didn't he tell him and explain? Because that's what Job was asking. Tell me why. This has happened to me. Tell me why. And he did not do it. One day it hit me. Why is not important. Humans think it is. They think it's all important because why has to do with your understanding. And if understanding is preeminent in your life, then the answer to why is the all-encompassing must-answer question. And if you have taken the position that you're not going to trust him until you understand why, then you are not expecting an answer anytime soon. Because faith does not require understanding. You don't have to understand to trust. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. And I saw it. And I saw Job's response. Job came back after God explained about creation and he questioned him about all the amazing things that he has done. And what he said is, basically, if you don't understand any of this, how are you going to question me in my judgments and accuse me? Of being unfair and unjust. You don't know the simplest things. Because what he was asking him was kindergarten to God. Are you listening? If you don't know one, two, three, if you don't know ABC, how are you going to question me and judge me about my judgments? And I saw it. I saw it. I scratched through why. (laughs) That's not it. The issue is what you do when you don't know why. That's when your heart is proven. That's when your faith or lack thereof is shown. What you do, what you say... When you don't understand, when you don't know why. Did anybody know what it's time to do when you don't know why? Our text. Our text. What is it time to do when you don't know why? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Huh? And don't lean. To your own understanding. And I saw it. I saw it. This is what will get you through the worst places in life. This will get you through anything. It cannot be too bad that this won't get you through. Because there will be situations in this life when you don't understand. 
Oh yeah, I don't care who you are, how much God you think you know, how much word you think you know, there will be situations that happen, things that happen, things that didn't happen, the way they happened, the way they didn't happen, and you won't know why. And you won't understand. And the enemy will come and try to get you to question God and doubt God and say, where is your God? Where is his love? You prayed. You were believing for all your worth. Where is he? And if you buy into that, you go into your understanding. And you start analyzing. And you start trying to figure this out. And how come? And why? And why not? And oh, friend, if you do that, you are unhooking. Are y'all with me? You are unhooking. From your God, you're unhooking from Him and looking at Him sideways and going, hold on now, where were you? Where were you? Why didn't you? Why did you let? Why did you not? This is not innocent asking for information. This is questioning In an unbelieving, doubting frame and tone. This is accusative. Even if you don't say it, your tone and in between the lines is saying, you should have. You shouldn't have let. You should. And what you're doing is the same thing they were doing. And oh friend, that's serious business. Because you are telling your creator you don't trust him. And that's how you go down and stay down because your help is in the Lord. (laughs) You unhook from him, you're in trouble. He has never been your problem. And he has never let you down. No, that's not a strong enough response out of you. I said he has never let you down. I don't care what it looked like, what it felt like, what it sounded like, what it seemed like. I'm telling you, he has never. He has never been unfaithful to you. He has never failed you. Never. Never. I'm convinced that a hundred years after we get to heaven, every other day we're going to be going, oh, 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 no wonder. Oh, well, of course. Oh, well, I, yeah, I see that. Oh, well, yeah. But down here we're going, I don't understand. It just doesn't make any sense. I just say, why, 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 why? But you get up there, you'll go, oh, No wonder. But even though you don't understand, you can trust. Oh, friends, do you believe this? I'm telling you, if you will get this, if you'll get this locked in you and anchored in you, though, so that no matter what happens, you go into trust mode. When things stop making sense, you don't start asking more questions. You go into trust mode. Come on. You go into trust mode. Glory to God. 
glory to God. Somebody say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you with all my heart. I trust you with all my life. I trust you. What does it mean you trust him? That he is not going to hurt you. He's not going to do something that's not in your best interest. He's not going to use you. He's not going to abuse you. He's not going to forsake you. You got to make up your mind that you believe that about him. That no matter what people have done or haven't done, there is somebody you can totally trust. You don't even have to think about they might do you wrong. You don't even even have to let it cross your mind. They might betray you. They might forsake you. They might decide they no longer have any use for you and, and discard you. Will never, ever happen. You may leave him, but he'll never leave you. You could be unfaithful to him, but he will never be unfaithful to you. You can forsake him, but he will never, ever leave you or forsake you. Never. Never. This is not just hype. This is not just preaching. This is fact. This is truth. This is him. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word that he told you that he would always be with you. That he would always love you with an everlasting love. Will never pass away. Look in Romans. Notice this in connection with this. Chapter 3 of Romans. Romans chapter 3. Romans 3 and 3. It says, for what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. No way. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. Now what does that mean? People have gotten all kind of stuff out of that, but what is it with the context? Read the rest of it. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. This is talking about God being judged. God being judged? Yes. People are judging him down here right now as unfaithful. How many men and women have shook their fist at the heavens and said, Why? Why, God? This is not right. This is not fair. Where are you? And don't realize that this is not. Now, if they got born again yesterday and they don't know anything any better than some of this. The Lord is tolerant. He's merciful with ignorance, but especially somebody that God has healed and met their needs and done things for for years. You throw up a fist, you say something like that, it's serious business between you and him. It's like somebody, it's like a spouse, it's like a child, it's like a parent, somebody you lived with for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and you've been faithful, and you haven't lied, and they turn around and accuse you of being unfaithful. 
And you never let them down. You've always been there for them. And some little something comes up that they don't understand and they accuse you. That they can't trust you. This is serious business after years and decades of fellowship and God demonstrating his faithfulness to us. Come on, friend, do you understand the reason you're sitting up in here with your eyes open is because God is faithful. You and I would have been gone a thousand times over. Don't you know this is true now? The reason your heart is beating, the reason you're still here able to think and go and do is because God has been gracious and he's been faithful. How many prayers has he answered for you? Come on, help me out, saints. How many? How many times has he met your needs? How many times has he healed your body? How many times has he helped you when you didn't know what to do and didn't know how to go through? Over and over and over and over. Just every day. Just every day. Every week. Every month. Every year. And so something comes up and you don't understand. And you're going to tell him you don't trust him? No, no, no. Because you don't understand? No. Mm-mm. Things happen. Things will be allowed to happen. We don't know why. We don't see the big picture. And a lot of these things, it doesn't mean it's God's will. He lets a lot of things happen that's not his will. You know it's not his will for people to die lost. Right? Right? And yet it's happening. Because people have a free will. He allows a lot of things that's not his will. But what you must get rooted and anchored down in your soul is that you trust him. And that he's right. (laughs) He's always right. And he's good. He's always good. And he's fair. He's always fair. There's been some situations just in my life in the past 30, 40 years. that some things went a certain way. I didn't understand why they went that way. And it didn't seem, it, you knew some of this wasn't the will of God. You knew some of it didn't please him and wasn't right. But why? And sometimes 20 years later. Sometimes 30 years later, the Lord would allow me to see something, understand it, and I realized, oh God, you were more merciful than I would have asked you to be. You were more long-suffering. I didn't know all that. I didn't know all that was going. I didn't understand all that. But I should not have to know all that to trust Him who has never failed me and lied me to me and let me down. I should trust Him without knowing. Yes. Yes. Shouldn't I? Uh-huh. Yes, sir. He's never lied to me. That's right. He's never tried to deceive me. Amen. He's never tried to hurt me. Never. Never. I should trust him. I can trust him. I choose to trust him with all my being, my all my heart. Come on, put your hands on your chest. I want you to look inside and think that there is not one atom of my being that doesn't trust God. There is not a piece of me inside or out that doesn't trust Him completely.
Oh, just begin to tell him, say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you with all my heart. I trust you with all my being. Forgive me, Lord, for ever questioning you. Forgive me. Forgive me for saying things I shouldn't have said. For questioning. Questioning in an unbelieving, untrusting way. Forgive me for not trusting you because you don't deserve such a thing from me. You ought not be such a thing from me. I choose to trust you. I trust you. I trust you totally, Lord. Totally. Totally with all my heart. With all my heart. With all my heart. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.